I believe the cross is so powerful that a pro-choice feminist advocate can get saved. And then when that person gets saved, I think it might be naive to assume that all of those ideas that they had prior to the day that they got saved are all just going to magically go away. And that they don't need other Christians to come along and say, hey, this is why we believe pro-life is the only option for a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then to help them understand these cultural things matter because now we're helping you exercise your faith in the real world. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Since starting IndieThinker, I have had the honor of being a guest on podcasts both big and small. Whenever I can share those with you, I like to, especially when I feel like those conversations would be helpful to you. So today, I'm sharing my guest appearance on the podcast, Go and Equip, with Jen Campbell and Shandalee Chrisman. On the show today, we discuss the importance and the role of culture in Christianity, how to help your kids keep their faith, how the culture has changed drastically from the one that we grew up in, and why it means we can no longer just preach Jesus in a post-Christian nation. That last one is loaded, but I think you'll find that part of the conversation alone worth the time you take to listen to this podcast. Before we jump into that combo, I want you to know we have a really big episode coming up soon that you don't want to miss with James McDonald, the former senior pastor and founder of Harvest by Bible Chapel. Harvest was one of the biggest megachurches in America, and we dig into what happened at the church with James's firing and try to give a side of the story that you won't hear anywhere else. You don't want to miss it, so make sure to go right now over to our YouTube channel and make sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate our podcast on Apple. All right, let's get to it. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast today. We are so excited to introduce you guys to Reed Uberman. Did I say that correctly? You did. Yep. Thank you. Great. Most people say Uberman. Uberman. Like, what did I do? Driving cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get that growing up, but I get it now all the time. Of course. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, Reed is the founder of Indie Thinker, the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to talk to him today about cultural apologetics. Yeah. And, Jen, you want to tell us a little bit about how we got connected to Reed? Yes. Well, um, last year, uh, my children attend Grace Baptist Academy, and um, one of their teachers uh, unfortunately got sick and needed to have a substitute teacher come in to teach uh, a history classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Mr. Uberman graciously filled in for um, Mr. Matthias, who's uh, doing better now, thank the Lord, but uh, had been very sick. So anyway, it was wonderful because he stepped right into that role and really um, did a great job uh, while he was there. My my son, uh, Ethan, really enjoyed him in class and enjoyed his thinking and uh, the way he was able to express his uh, thoughts um, in a way that made sense but also was uh made him think as well so um i really appreciated that he came home and 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 actually spoke those things to me you know so wow thank you um yeah so he he was he enjoyed you and um so then i he said hey mom he's got a podcast too it's you know indie thinker and i was like oh okay so being new to the podcast world i uh, looked into it and also enjoyed your podcast so uh, that's one that's what led us to hopefully have some time with you to talk and just pick your brain a little bit about 
indie thinker and um, your thoughts on cultural apologetics and the Christian worldview. Um, so we're very excited to speak with you today. So yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. you for meeting with us. No, it's my pleasure. And thank you for that story, because when I wasn't telling Ethan to stop talking to Sarah, I was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you, you always wonder like if what you're doing is making a difference, I suppose. Uh, but, I, but I tried to approach my classes in a very different way. The other thing I would say is the way that I approach my classes is very interactive. Um, your, your son was in 10th grade at the time, uh, mm-hmm. and you always wonder about what you can and can't um, give to the children uh, based upon their level of understanding and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, But I also want to challenge my kids. I don't want to tell them what to think. I want them to, to learn to think for themselves. And this, I mean, that's like what Indie Thinker is really all about, short mm-hmm. for Independent Thinker. Yes. So, um, so the way I do my classes are a little bit different uh, than maybe some other teachers. And that's not to say, well, it's better or anything like that. It's just to say that it's different. And I, I, I have a little bit of insecurity as to whether or not parents are going to appreciate the approach that I bring to to some of those classes. So it's nice to hear you um, uh, give some positive feedback there. Yes. So thank you. And Ethan comes by talking honestly. He comes by that honestly. <laughs> he has two that. parents that enjoy talking. So yes, um, but he also enjoys being challenged, you know, to think and uh, appreciates that you did challenge him to yeah. have his own thoughts on things, not just to adopt, you know, what yeah. you were thinking or I think it's crucial yes. that we give our kids that, that mm-hmm. we, we give them that ability to think independently because we're not going to be there forever with them of going, oh, you know, you need to think this about this. So they have to develop those skills yeah. early to be able to do that and, and to live biblically in a culture that isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, this I think this is, that is the phenomenon, and that's not why I do my podcast per se, but I think that is the phenomenon with kids losing their faith when they go to college, mm-hmm. is that they've never really been uh, challenged to make their faith their own. And when they realize that they have to then go out and practice it on their own and there's nobody else in their ear mm-hmm. except for their own conscience um, and the Holy Spirit, obviously, uh, they find it's also easier to listen to some of the other voices that are speaking into their ear. So, yeah, I hope I do that with my kids. Um, my kids are very tiny, six and five, uh, seven and five, sorry, seven and five. Kind of and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, They're I waited... adorable, by the way. Really well, thank you. I totally guys. agree with you. And it is totally my <laughs> wife's fault. Uh, it has very little to do with me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I hope that do, I do that with my kids because I, I don't know, this may not sound too charitable, but I don't know that we're doing a great job by and large in the Christian faith mm. of doing, going beyond the like taking our kids to church and then maybe getting them in VBS. And, um, you know, I don't know that we're doing great by and large beyond our kids developing a holistic, consistent and coherent Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And if I were to tell you anything that I'm doing with my podcast, it is just that. Like I was telling you guys before we started recording, like on this week I'm doing a bonus episode on why Trump was banned from social media, but the Taliban still enjoys all of the freedoms of social media, which seems like so ironic and mm-hmm. hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the reason I'm doing that is because, and this goes back to what cultural apologetics is, is the reason I'm doing that is that I want to just in real time be thinking as a Christian about these cultural topics that we face mm-hmm. and how should we think about them as Christians? How do we process this information as Christians? What what are some moral and intellectual imperatives that we bring to the things that, whether we like to admit it or not, are facing us every single day? So we can stick our head in the sand and pretend that they don't exist, or we can provide a Christian perspective on these things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to. It's what I want to try to do. Cool. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, yes, the st- statistics are heartbreaking when yes. you see how many kids are, you know, when they leave their home and they go to college, they they are walking away from the faith. Um, 
and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they haven't been challenged to think for themselves to be an independent thinker as Mm -hmm. you were uh, referring to your podcast and um it's it's important for us to as parents i feel that responsibility so heavily uh, to really encourage my boys to uh, think beyond what you know my husband and i are teaching them to really dig into the word to think out why they believe what they believe uh, and just you know which is apologetics Um, Mm -hmm. and so yes so we're we're excited uh, to be able to talk to you about this more today but um um so yes so how did you get to where you are now you mentioned before we started recording that you were in ministry for a long amount of time so how did you go from what were you doing in ministry and then how did you get to the podcast yeah it's a great question so um i i'll just give you a little bit of brief history without boring your audience to death (laughs) so i grew in up in and around the church i grew up in the south and as we all know uh, we're here in tennessee now i grew up in northern florida which is basically like lower alabama um i uh, i when you're in that kind of southern culture christianity is a large part of the culture so um I, I grew up in and around church, uh, and however, Christianity really didn't make a difference in my life until I was about 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I went to a spirit-filled, charismatic church that just absolutely changed my whole perspective on what Christianity was. Instead of it just being red and black letters on a page, I realized that the story was true, and I met Jesus in a experiential way that just absolutely changed my life. Um, and, and I do got to throw this in here, because um, when people hear like charismatic, spiritual, whatever, experience with God, people just like, their eyes <laughs> glaze over and they're like, uh, especially if they're not Christians and they're like, this guy's a nut. Um, and so I would just, I would just say that like the foundation of Christianity is supposed to be experiential because like we believe in an incarnate God that came to this earth so that mm-hmm. people could experience him firsthand. And so that didn't stop mm-hmm. just when Jesus went to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit so that we could know him personally Absolutely. and intimately. Right. Um, so I figured that out and I figured it out by just a head on collision course with God um, one day at a, at a church service. Um, and, a lo- uh, and, I, and I say that too, because a lot of people like have the heebie-jeebies of, of, of those kind of churches, and I did too, until I went there and experienced God, and then I was like, okay, this is what church is supposed to be about. <laughs> so anyway, um, that just changed my life, and at 19 years old, I had lived my whole life for myself, and I wasn't a horrible kid, but unfortunately, I was a typical teenager, which means I was kind of a horrible kid. Um, <laughs> and, and so I said, all right, Lord, for 19 years of my life, I've lived, for, I've lived against you. I'm going to dedicate whatever I got left to following you. And I just said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, and so um, I had the first opportunity to preach. I loved it. And I said, I could see myself doing this the rest of my life. And so I started traveling the world with some evangelists, uh, mostly in the United States, but then a little bit later on had the opportunity to travel all over the world uh, preaching the gospel and teaching. Um, so I've been to Africa, I've been in Canada, uh, which I know probably doesn't count, uh, but I've been <laughs> Latin America uh, preaching and teaching and taking groups on, on mission trips, urban and, and uh, domestically and internationally. Um, and then uh, along the way, I really got a heart for deepening my understanding of Christianity um, on an intellectual basis. So uh, I got my BA in uh, biblical studies. I went back and got uh, Lee University my MA in theological studies uh, back in 2012. And all along the way, uh, up until just about a year ago, um, I had been doing different things within the church, different pastor roles, up mm-hmm. until uh, 2019, too, where I started my own church from scratch. So we, we were church planters, my wife and I and our two kids. Wow. And we planted a church in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's one of the hardest things that we've ever done in our life. 
-hmm. And then we made the second uh, hardest decision of our life when we decided that in uh, June of 2020 that we would deliver that church over to a friend um, in the congregation, and then we and we would love our congregation through that and make that transition to try to shepherd that flock into a new church, and that we would step away from that and. And we weren't really sure even at the time what, but I knew God was stirring my heart for more. And um, part of that more was uh, starting IndieThinker. Um, I'd always had a passion for media and, and using it as a platform to reach people for Christ. Um, and so I just really started praying because I was so burdened, quite frankly, with some of the messaging I was seeing coming out of the church. Um, in this COVID era and in this George Floyd era. Mm -hmm. I was really disappointed that a lot of pastors I saw just taking kind of like cultural standpoints, um, just nodding and saying what they were supposed to say, but not giving really truly good biblical answers. Mm -hmm. um, it motivated me to write a book too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, What's your book? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, this is gonna show you a little bit who I am. I'm gonna drop the mask. It's called The Softening of the American Christian. Mm -hmm. um, so. And, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, too, the chapter that I wrote about this whole thing is called Half Wits and Pulpits. Now, it's not me <laughs> trying to be mean. It's me, it's, it's me trying to say that for far too long, we've wanted a celebrity pastor to rule our church because we felt like that that would give us cultural prominence. And I think 2020 revealed to us that actually what will give our church significance is pastors who can nuance important ideas. And I didn't think that we, I by and large, I'll just say this, because I knew there were some great pastors, pastors who took stands that are bold and brave, John MacArthur, um, Rob McCoy in California as well, and other pastors. I would say even my pastor here in, uh, in Chattanooga, um, Frank Ramser, uh, really took some really powerful, strong stands uh, too, and uh, continued to keep his church open and stuff like that in opposition to what um, some local mandates were being said. So anyway, um, uh, I, 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 there were some good things that were going on, but there, but, but I think by and large, I think it is safe and fair to say that those pastors who have cultural power, that have prominence, the megachurch pastors, the celebrity pastors, um, by and large, many of them, I was very disappointed um, because of their place in representing Christianity with some of the things that they said and some of the things that they came out with during that time. And so um, I was burdened by that. I was burdened by some of the things that were happening kind of like on a geopolitical and national level. Uh, and I just felt like we need more Christians. I think if anything, we need more Christians speaking into the culture. Mm -hmm. If anything, it showed me that um, perhaps we're losing the cultural battle for the minds of people in, in this era and we need to and we need to do we need to do something about that mm -hmm. so I, I just I felt like 2020 revealed to me that the church is not has not effectively been reaching the culture mm -hmm. and so I broadened out my pulpit and started indie thinker so hopefully that's not too long of an explanation <laughs> of what brings me to doing what I'm doing now but and there's probably more to say about that but essentially I just wanted to create a uh, podcast for cultural apologetics, and maybe that needs some explanation too, but a podcast for cultural apologetics that could create a coherent and consistent Christian worldview for mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. Yeah, great. That's good. Great. And so what are the what are the cultural hot button topics that Christians should be able to engage with right now? Uh, that you, the, the big things that you are coming in, in contact with on a daily basis that you feel like Christians really should be able to speak into those things. Okay, so I, I, I can't, obviously I can't say 100%. Uh, maybe there's a couple of things specifically that I think we should be talking about, um, but I can't unilaterally just say like, this is what we should be talking about beyond those couple of things. But I, but I, but I do wanna say something a little tongue in cheek, mm -hmm. um, just because I think I've, I've heard a lot of this. Uh, 
I think we need to be talking about everything. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be wading in as much as possible and quit using ignorance as an excuse not to be involved mm-hmm. as much as possible. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to achieve with my podcast too. Uh, but let me go ahead and illustrate some things that I think we never need to step away from. I think we need to uh, 100% until the day that we die need to be advocates for the pro-life issue. We don't need to cede any ground to the left or to anybody else on that. We need to fight for the life of the unborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about COVID all day long, but um, for a Christian to talk about COVID and to not talk about the unborn consistently um, is absolutely hypocritical because millions of babies are being aborted. Many of them uh, exponentially, statistically, are being aborted among black and brown babies. Uh, and if we are willing to talk about racial justice, but we are not willing to hammer the pulpit of abortion and say it's an injustice that needs to be done away with yesterday, then then we're just being hypocritical. Um, so uh, so I think abortion is one of those things that we definitely need, be, need to be uh, endlessly speaking out about. And then I would say, and there's probably more than this, but just the, the second thing that comes to mind is the thing that I've been really captivated with is, is we need to find ways to communicate the importance of truth, like why truth as a category mm-hmm. and as a virtue matters anymore in our society, because more and more it doesn't. Like right. my whole video that's coming out, um, Uh, today, actually, uh, Wednesday, um, and I do bonus episodes every Wednesday, is really all about that. When I'm talking about the Taliban not being banned and Trump being banned, what I'm talking about is that there's a left-leaning bias in social media companies that's very evident. And what that signals is that truth is no longer necessarily important as much as our own personal biases and how that impacts what we do. So, um, So all that to say, I think we need to fight for the category of truth. We need to fight to, and I say fight, but I mean converse and be, um, and we need to defend truth as a category that it, that it really does exist. It sounds so silly to say that, but let's put it in context. We live in a generation where people believe, I mean, just as charitably as possible, people believe that a man can have a menstrual cycle. We believe that there's 78 genders. I mean, we're living in a society where truth is slowly but surely just becoming totally relativized. Um, And I can lay that at the feet of postmodernism, which probably takes too much to go into. But suffice to say, I think we can agree, uh, especially around this table, but hopefully there's more unanimous agreement in the culture that that truth matters and that truth as a category needs to be uh, defended. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's what are what are some steps, some things that tools that you could give listeners, your podcast or ours, to address these things? What are things yeah. that are gonna get the conversation moving in the right direction? Well, I definitely have to be self aggrandizing and say you need to listen to Indie Thinker. Um, <laughs> and podcasts like yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm saying that's funny, but I'm also not because I think it's true. I think we need to get around other Christians who are being vocal mm-hmm. about these things and we need to support them. I think sometimes we're good at tearing each other apart in the church and we're not good at supporting each other. Um, so even if we like um, didn't understand why somebody was doing something, but we saw that a fellow Christian was trying to start a business or trying to do something to make an impact, like support those people, like their stuff, share their stuff. Um, and and get behind them as much as I can and let them know you're praying for them instead of just saying, well, I don't know if I agree with that. That's our initial response to stuff instead of saying, well, uh, is God in this? Mm-hmm. Right? Wouldn't shouldn't that be the first question? Yes. Um, and and making that decision prayerfully. So so none, nonetheless, I think we need. I just say this: we need to become as informed as possible, and so that just starts somewhere. And I don't know where that starts for anybody other than 
to say that it starts somewhere for you, figure that out, mm -hmm. figure it out, figure out what you're passionate about. Uh, be listening to stuff daily, get informed as much as you can, read books on the subject and, and, and dig into stuff. Um, if I were to give you some podcasts, I would say the Alyssa Childers podcast mm -hmm. is really great. Yeah, um, yes. uh, John Cooper's podcast is really great. Those are all from a Christian mm -hmm. perspective. And then I'm going to get out a little bit in left field and mention somebody that um, is not a Christian, but, and maybe you guys have seen this too, is um, probably has voted Democrat his whole life. I don't know. But um, we're finding this odd allegiance among people who are still kind of in the liberal left as the left moves further left, mm -hmm. we're finding that Christians are finding agreement with these people. Like I can hear Bill Maher sometimes nowadays as he's talking on his show and hear him say things that just make common sense mm -hmm. that don't make sense to his Democratic Party anymore. And I'm like, God, yes, how come more people aren't saying this stuff? But anyway, um, for people who actually care about truth as a category, um, they're becoming slimmer and slimmer, and we find ourselves finding these people. There's even like leftist comedians who um, are like saying, what is going on with the world? And, and, we're, and, we're, and we're like, yes, we Christians have been telling you guys this for years, and now you're just waking up to it. But anyway, um, but the guy's name is Gad Sad, and Gad Sad is an academician, um, very, very intelligent man. Um, he wrote a book called The Parasitic Mind, and I would really mm -hmm. encourage Christians to read it. Now, obviously, it's not a Christian book. It doesn't come from a Christian perspective. But what he's talking about is how ideas are um, infecting the way that we think about mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. and how we need to become rational thinkers. And mm -hmm. so it's a fantastic mm -hmm. book, and he has the credentials to kind of back up everything that he says in the book. So I don't know. There's a lot of resources that I guess that I could recommend, but those are just some of the some of the things, and those things speak to me, and they may not speak to another individual. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing is, is this, is just, um, and I already said it, I guess, but let's let's quit relying upon the clutch of ignorance, or let's quit even relying upon uh, the, the crutch of, I'm too busy, mm -hmm. um, because the culture needs you. The culture needs Christians to, yeah. to take a stand, to speak out, to be vocal, uh, to not hide behind platitudes of just like, well, we all know the end of the story, the, the devil loses. Yes, but in the meantime, you've got a job, you've yeah. got a mission, um, and let's be on mission. Let's, let God put you here for a reason, you're still here for a reason. So let's, mm -hmm. let's figure out what that is and then get informed as much as we can uh, so that we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So we talk frequently and we use love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with you that many believers have just become lazy for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Complacent, <laughs> uh, yeah. Complacent for educating themselves and being um, active in how they engage with the culture because they're just, they, they've gotten, we're just checking a box of going to church, that's it. And that's as far as it goes. So I love that you, you bring that out, that we have to be educated and we have to pursue that. Well, I, th actively. I think that's the key. I think the real issue behind some of the crutches that we use, so this is very charitable, I think. So, because I use crutches too. Um, it's a cover for fear or a lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. We just say, well, I'm not too busy. I'm too busy. I can't do that. Really what that is, is you're not saying it, but what you're really saying is, I don't feel like I would have the ability, I'm not eloquent, I'm not smart, or I can't really retain information, um, I don't have the confidence to speak to a pro-choice person mm -hmm. about the pro-life issue. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so the only cure for that then is to, is to remedy that and to become informed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it takes a little bit of work, you know, to be active. Yeah, a lot of saying. work. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of work. It does, yeah. It takes a lot to, to learn something new. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yes, and the whole the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I, I think we are quick to leave that one out, the, mm-hmm. the mind. Um, but it does take effort and and takes us being in the word because you also must be biblically literate in order to be able to speak to the culture from a biblical worldview. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, in Romans twelve two, do not be conformed to this world. Mm-hmm. How? By the transforming of your mind. Yes, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Well, what would you consider the greatest challenge believers believers are having in culture today? Like, what is your thought on oh, the challenges that we're facing that we need to hit head on as far as uh, uh, being believers in the culture today? Yeah, um, I could just be incredibly like one sided, um, but I think I kind of already mentioned it in that. I think the battle for truth is where mm-hmm. we have to start. Okay. So let me dig unpack that a little bit because maybe there's a uh, necessity there. So cultural apologetics is just essentially this. Um, the word apologia is from Greek, and it means to make a defense for something. It doesn't mean to say you're sorry about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just means to have um, a basis by which you believe things. And I've heard a lot of people lately who are not Christians say that faith is is uh, belief in the absence of evidence. But for the Christian, that is not true. That is mm-hmm. not what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. It is not faith in the absence of evidence is not real faith. That's blind faith. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Scripture teaches. Uh, the, teach, the Scripture teaches you to love the Lord your God with all your mind. It teaches you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It teaches you to know why you believe in what you believe in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence mm-hmm. of things not seen. So, um, uh, so I would say um, we need to... Uh, we need to have a thoughtful dialogue with people in our culture about the necessity of believing in truth. And and, and here's the reason why. So to unpack it a little bit from a biblical perspective, um, and this ultimately is kind of the initial seedbed for Andy Thinker, is in Acts chapter 17, uh, you see Paul, he's in the synagogue, and what is he doing? It says that he's reasoning mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. with the Jews in the synagogue, which means he's making a defense for the faith. He's doing cultural apologetics. Um, and people should know this, too, about the synagogue. The synagogue was not just the place where they discussed high, lofty theological ideas. It was also the place where they discussed current events and mm-hmm. civic issues that were going on in their society and tried to provide Jewish answers to some of these things. And so Paul shows up, and he comes in with a radical new doctrine mm-hmm. called Christianity, the resurrection <laughs> of Jesus, and he's giving them intellectual bases by which he believes what he believes. And then as he's doing that, the next day he goes out into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And in the marketplace, he's in the Areopagus and he preaches to the people on Mars Hill. And what's interesting to me is he doesn't preach the gospel to them. What he preaches to them is about the idol of the unknown God Mm -hmm. that they worship there. Mm -hmm. And what he essentially says to them is, you guys are searching around for a God and this unknown God that you're searching for beyond this pantheon of gods that you guys believe in, these Roman pantheon of gods, is is the one true God Mm -hmm. who is your creator, who made you. And so essentially what he's doing is, yes, he's making a theological argument, but he's making an argument based upon a cultural idea that these people have. And what he's telling them is that before he even gets to Jesus, he's, he's, he's arguing truth to them. Right. Mm -hmm. He's arguing to them a logical proof for the existence of God. Right. And then he is taking them, uh, and then he will take them 
to the next step, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Well, he's starting where they are. Like yes. That he's yeah. he's meeting them where they are, and that's that's a great point because I think oftentimes we forget to do that to yeah. meet someone where they are. We want to go on to the next level, and they're not ready to hear from yeah. us on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think we've done that. Done that, and this is why I say the controversial thing that we don't just need to preach Jesus. Um, now yes, we do explain that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now we do, and obviously I'm a Christocentric, Jesus-loving um, pastor who um, is serious about Christianity. But um, this is why we don't just need to preach Jesus, because the I believe some aspect of that notion was based upon um, a cultural idea in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that we said just preach Jesus to a culture that was steeped in Christianity. I believe this, that when that notion uh, has a presupposition involved with it. And the presupposition is is that people will even understand who Jesus is. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because, by and large, the culture that you guys grew up in and even the one I grew up in was steeped in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's not like Ethan that anymore. is not growing up in that culture. You're right. My kids are not growing up in that culture. Yeah. Um, and so nowadays so so i think to deny the prominence of culture is is a uh, is a mistake for christians is that uh, so we need to be able to step aside from the the presupposition of christianity and realize we are living in a pre or a post christian nation right that's where we are in america today yeah. and to just say preach jesus assumes that people will even know who the jesus is that mm-hmm. you're talking about right we need yeah. to and so now we have a privileged standpoint as christians because we have a historical book that comes from a pre-christian nation and i would say that we need to get back to that pre-christian nation and quit assuming that people even understand anymore what we're saying when we say the word yeah. jesus to them mm-hmm. anymore I really do think that doesn't mean to treat people like they're stupid, mm-hmm. but but it means to realize that we're dealing with a different culture now. Yes. And what that means is that to meet people where they are means that we're going to have to teach things to them and 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 appropriate the culture in a way um, that that helps them understand the necessity of truth before we can even talk to them about the truth of the gospel in many cases. Now, right. I do want to be careful, though, because I don't want to underestimate uh, this is. I don't believe this underestimates the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe it underestimates the power of just like the transitional uh, work of God within the re- uh, uh, the believer's life, the redemption of God, mm-hmm. and the power of the gospel. Just, yeah, just the power. And the of power gospel. of the gospel. You pick up a Bible. My wife got saved in her room without a preacher, mm-hmm. just reading the Bible, and then got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then just to creep people out, totally started speaking in tongues, and she didn't even know what speaking in tongues was. So I know that people don't believe in that, but that's okay. My wife does. Um, uh, so. Needless to say, um, uh, the point is is that all of those things are self-evidencing, right? Mm. But on the other hand, you you probably and I would both agree that there are people who came into your life, who spoke things to your life, who helped you develop a um, Christianity that is more robust and more faithful and more true and more fulfilling because of their impact in your life and the things that they taught you. And that's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So cultural apologetics, I think... um, appreciates the prominence of culture, but it also appreciates the power of the cross. I believe the cross is so powerful that a pro-choice feminist advocate can get saved. And then when that person gets saved, 
I think it might be naive to assume that all of those ideas that they had prior to the day that they got saved are all just going to magically go away. And that they don't need other Christians to come along and say, hey, this is why we believe pro-life is the only option for a Christian. And then to help them understand these cultural things matter because now we're helping you exercise your faith in the real world. And at the end of the day, this is incarnational Christianity to me. Jesus comes to the world in a real way and impacts the world. If your faith isn't doing that, you might have to ask yourself if you have the real faith, the Mm -hmm. incarnational Jesus living and dwelling inside of you. Mm -hmm. Because when he comes, he's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to change the world because you have more Instagram followers. That's not the kind of change we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of change of the world that, that is powerfully... Uh, impacting society and changing culture. That's what Jesus did mm-hmm. when he came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the transforming work of, of God in a person's life is, uh, it, it's a, it can be a process. And like you said, we, we tend to, you know, once someone becomes a Christian, we're like, okay, this is what you need to believe. And we're handing them all these things and they, they don't even know what to do with that, you yeah. know? So um, it can be a process. It can be, um, it can take some time and some explanation, you know, so people know what they're, what they're dealing with. So yeah. It's, it's called just, discipleship. I yeah, think in this, there you go. Right yes. in the seeker sensitive era in which we live and believe me, I love some aspects of that kind of idea and maybe that deserves explanation. But um, in the seeker sensitive era in which we leave, live, um, I just wonder, I, I can't prove it and I don't know for sure, so uh, don't hate me, but I just can't help but wonder if discipleship has not um, been thrown to the wayside, not specifically, not intentionally, but unintentionally discipleship has ceased to become as an important issue as making sure that we shovel people into church and more butts and seats means we're preaching the gospel and reaching more people. Mm-hmm. And I guess all I'm saying is, is you might be reaching more people, but with what? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the long-term ability for someone to understand what their um, what their transformation, in, you know, involves is mm-hmm. important with with the discipleship. It's definitely something that we talk about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just it the themes of our podcast. I don't know if you got a chance to look at what the I themes are that we speak about, and those themes are all connected. And here with apologetics, we see again that. It, it's all connected that when someone comes to faith, whether it's through the Holy Spirit drawing, well, let me back up. Yeah. <laughs> no matter when someone comes or how someone comes, whether it's us speaking and the Spirit speaking through us to them or the Spirit speaking on his own to them, um, it, it, the things that come after, the discipleship, those things have to follow because if they don't, those ideas, like you said, aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Those ideas, those beliefs that their life has been lived on up till now are there and we have to address them and we have to train them and teach why we believe what we believe. Yeah, can I give you an example too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we could talk easily about kind of the um, LGBTQIA plus kind of movement in our society Mm -hmm. and how many Christians- Let me me stop you for a second. Yeah. Okay, so just define the LBGTQ, what were the last that you put on there? IA. IA. Yeah. So explain those for us, please. I, I wish I could, but I totally, I got to be honest with you, okay. I can't. Um, okay. Cut that out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, it just seems every day there's another another letter yeah, being it's added. It's like the whole alphabet. Bit, yeah. There's the whole more letters being added now. to it. Yeah. I would say yeah. most people know the LGBTQ, but right. I, I just mm-hmm. be totally honest with you, I have no idea what the I and the A are, but okay. I know that that's what we're supposed to say. But, um, <laughs> but I think we'd be surprised um, about the statistics about how many professing Christians. Now, of course, we could say whether they're Christians or not, we don't know. Um, but how many professing Christians think that it's absolutely... Uh, moral and right because love is love for a 
Christian to be a homosexual, right? Mm-hmm. And and we know what the scripture teaches about that is right. So this is not being hateful. This is just expressing what we truly believe as a Christian, and then trying to figure out what that looks like in our in mm-hmm. today's world. But um, uh, but the statistic I do have for you is this: is that Christians nowadays are more likely to believe in socialism than they are in the inerrancy of scripture. Hmm. Now, tell me that's not... Boy, that's scary. That is. (laughs) Tell me that's not... And this is according to Pew Research. Um, um, So tell me... Excuse me. This is according to Barna Research. Uh, uh, So tell me that's not a indication of how powerful culture is Mm -hmm. and an indication of how we need to be about the business of winning people to the lost, preaching the gospel, but also discipling people Mm -hmm. and helping them untether their ideas from a cultural standpoint merely and getting back to a a biblical um, understanding of that. And the way to do that is incarnational ministry. Mm -hmm. You enter the culture and you say, what does the Bible think about the Mm -hmm. LGBTQIA+. Um, The plus should be enough, but we'll see. Um, uh, Plus (laughs) movement. Like, what does scripture say about that? Um, and then maybe even too, because we're finding ourselves having to do this too, why is it important that scripture says anything, mm-hmm. right? Because I think more anymore, we just can't take these things for granted. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having to defend the necessity of scripture and the importance of, of truth more and more and more. So I think cultural apologetics is, is the place to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, to go along with that, I mean, the, the greatest commandments, you know, we've mentioned, yes, we, well, yeah. yes, we were thinking the first one is, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So, I mean, there is a, it's important to keep those two together because there is, that is our responsibility as Christians who believe the Bible is to still love our neighbor. And that, that means everybody. Yeah. That's our, na- you know, our neighbors are everyone that the Lord puts in our path and to do that in a winsome way uh, that doesn't compromise truth. Yeah. And that's, uh, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier about what truth is and, you know, to um, establish and to fight for truth basically. Um, so yeah, it's important though, to remember that we must love our neighbor as well. So for sure. Yeah. So th- what what's come to mind throughout this, the last few minutes is the great commission Matthew 28, 19 and 20, and then Acts 1, 8, because it, it, it I think, depicts that natural progression of um, what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and tell and make disciples. But then <clears throat> it shows the progression through the cultural aspects in Acts 1 and 8, because it wasn't just in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. but it was Jerusalem, Judea, and all of Samaria, which were completely opposite culturally at that point mm. so it's it's giving a picture for us that we aren't just to stay with our people but we are to go out yeah. and to engage with those that intention that that obviously believe differently than we do yeah and why don't we and, yeah, because yeah. we typically uh we don't want the awkward situation of not knowing yes. what to say mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah you mentioned earlier fear as a reason that a lot of people back off and and I get that I mean I do get that because it, it can be awkward and it can be uncomfortable especially if you feel like you don't have all the answers but I think that's where we have to um, that's where we have to educate ourselves yeah. where we have to be intentional mm-hmm. about being in the word and understanding what's going on in the culture so we can speak to things and we can do it in love yeah. um, not and, having answers is actually a good thing right yeah. exactly and that's okay I think to you know say well, I don't really, I don't have 100% of the answers, but I, I want to have this conversation. We don't want to open this conversation with you. And I'm, you know, I'd like to 
talk about it more and I will come back with, with answers, you know. Yeah, or, I, I could be accused of like being the guy that busts my head up against the wall until it finally breaks down. But I like not having the answers because you know why? It shows me that I didn't have the answers. Mm-hmm. I was ignorant of something and then it ex- exposes that ignorance. Mm-hmm. And then I can do something about it. Yeah. But if we hide uh, that fact, um, which is well known to our spouses. Um, <laughs> um, if we hide that fact, then we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the topics, I, just in looking back at your uh, podcast, you've you covered things like critical race theory, which is a hot button topic right mm-hmm. now. Um, um, let's see. You uh, you recently spoke to a uh, a rapper. Is that right? Yeah. A Christian was a Christian rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A guy named Zero Doubt. Awesome. Yes. Guy. Um, you've spoken with Daryl Strawberry with Christopher Yuan, who uh, was a, a homosexual um, who uh, came to the Lord and speaks about um, holy. Um, sexuality, sexuality. Yeah. Um, and so you have a, a wide range of people and topics that you cover and I um, just I, this is going to freak your audience out probably too but <laughs> I just had a trans man on as well who was speaking wow. against the gender transitioning of children because mm-hmm. his surgery was really really awful for him uh, mm-hmm. ruined his life and mm-hmm. uh, left him with lifelong pain and mm-hmm. most likely um, uh, will end his life prematurely uh, just because what this dirty little secret of big pharma and what they're doing with gender transition surgeries is that they are all experimental. Mm. Um, and it's essentially whole body um, plastic surgery. Mm. So it's uh, not that this happens to everybody, but um, it uh, it really injured this guy. So he's very vocal about like uh, making sure that this does not happen to children. Mm. So so mm. I had him on too. Yeah. How interesting. So we have a wide gamut yeah. of people. Yeah. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you are not afraid to have the conversation and to approach uh, different topics and and um you know sometimes sometimes it might may not 100 percent. they may not 100 percent hold your view and that's okay because y'all can talk about it um so yeah. anyway it's just i've enjoyed that about your podcast well, thank you Wanted to a tendency that. in the church to gather with like mm-hmm. and not engage yes and we just don't we don't engage outside of those that look like us or believe like us or walk like us so right. it's just refreshing to know that it's an encouragement to go out there and talk to people that are different from us. Yeah, I think that's probably the original seed kernel idea of, <laughs> of Indie Thinker mm-hmm. is that uh, if we only surround ourselves with people that agree with us, then we do create an echo chamber. And what echo chambers do is they, they, um, they lessen the likelihood of true independent thought. Mm-hmm. And then you cannot claim your faith as your own if you're not thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've just been told what to believe, and we see this a lot in the South, right, with this kind of adopted cultural Christianity mm-hmm. where, like, I can cheat on my wife, but I love the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And, and I understand, like, um, there's a lot of room at the cross, but all I'm saying is that, like... Um, we justify a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we, can, we don't see our own blindness if we don't become independent mm-hmm. thinkers. Now... Mm-hmm. Far be it from me to suggest <laughs> that that's what I've achieved, but that's what I'm after. Mm-hmm. Because the mm-hmm. more I do that, the more I fall in love with Jesus, right. the more uh, I appreciate my faith, and the more it helps me on a personal level mm-hmm. pursue Christ and helps me love other people. Great. Yes. Yes. And the more we, we see how God transforms us mm-hmm. where those things are not, you know, not we're not doing those things like right. cheating on our spouses or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. So, I got no, silly was, examples. But. No, I totally, that was good. No, they're, so. they're real life examples. They're real life examples. The yes. I am a pastor, right. so I have had you 18 know. years of that, and I realized, yeah. hey, like, we're going to keep on experiencing the same things if yeah. we 
keep on doing the same things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Very good. Well, we so appreciate your time today. This has been awesome. I've enjoyed yes. it. And just to hear your perspective and to also be challenged um, by uh, your thoughts and, and uh, definitely seeking truth and the importance of making that um, our goal really yeah. is to uphold truth. And, you know, ultimately, um, Jesus is truth and he has the answers and we but we must seek after them with our whole heart you know and and we will find him when we do that so yeah yeah, we really appreciate your time thank you so much no thank you guys (laughs) great I enjoyed talking to you you bye-bye our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors if you like what you heard today please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends and if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. Indie Thinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself. <laughs>